0: Welcome to Pardon the Intermission, a podcast that takes a look at movies, TV, and all things entertainment from the past, the present, and the future. Remember to subscribe and like the podcast and give a review. This helps out the podcast and is greatly appreciated. Now, on to the show. Yes. Hey, everyone. Hey. How is everyone out there? Welcome to Pardon the Intermission. I am Eric. And I'm Jason. And we hope you guys are doing well out that, there.
1: Yeah, it's been a while. Actually, it feels like it's been a while at least since we've been last been with you. And uh, hey, wouldn't you know? Here we are. We are just uh, a shade over a week away from. Uh, actually, we're exactly a week away from Thanksgiving. So the yeah, holidays true. fastly approaching, Eric. And we have it's a coming l- up. Yeah, coming up, and we have a lot of fun stuff to talk about on the show, either holiday related or just holiday in general.
0: That's true. Very true. Very true. Yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, we're we'll, we're gonna do some news uh, this time around. So let's get into yeah, it here. You had, you had a story here about uh, the Goonies. Yes. What, what's going on with that? Okay, so for I think this is
1: very ironic for me that I found this story because I just watched the Goonies the other night because this is one of my top 10 favorite movies of all time. It's really? One of those, yeah, the Goonies is. It's one of those films where I can just watch it like 50 times over and over and still be entertained by it. Mm. But anyway, I found this story while I was just perusing uh, my phone watch, while watching The Goonies, and an interesting story popped up that apparently The Goonies 2, that's right, a sequel wow. to The Goonies, is, number two, huh? And number two is in development. Now... According to this story that I found, which is on, uh, let's see here. What's the name of this website? FantasyTube.com. <laughs> that, that sounds more like a porn site That's than a Dallas. That, yeah, that, I know. <laughs> I, I <wouldn't laughs> be, if
0: I were to look at that and that came up, I wouldn't be clicking on it. You know what I mean? I'd be like, All I don't right. know what I'm going to see with okay, this Okay,
1: folks, I'll tell you about my internet browsing history later. <laughs> um, anyway. Maybe you shouldn't. Maybe you shouldn't. Okay, yeah. you're right. I'm better off not doing that. Yeah, Sorry. Way to go, Eric. It. You open the worms, man. Yeah, open the so, can of worms. Yep. So anyway, um, on to better stuff here. So I found this story, I stumbled across it, about the Goonies 2 sequel in development. Now, apparently, Corey Feldman, who was one of the stars of the original Goonies, if you remember, he played Mouth, uh, the kid with the mouth. You know, hey, Mm, Mikey, got to go to the bathroom? So anyway, Corey Feldman was at a fan convention in Knoxville, Tennessee. It was Mm. Knoxville's fanboy uh, convention out there. And Feldman was quoted as saying that... um, That when they bring back the Goonies... That it should be more of a legacy sequel along the lines of Top Gun Maverick, rather than a reboot akin to uh, 2016's uh, Ghostbusters outing. Then, yeah. what he means by that is he's talking about the the, all, the Ghostbusters with the all the female, female cast, yeah. which was a piece of crap. But we'll get we'll into tank. that. So, yeah, it yeah, the, even talk of the about box that office; yet. it was terrible. But so but. anyway, apparently, Goonies Two is in development, and Corey Feldman again is hoping that they turn this into a, a legacy sequel rather than a full blown reboot. Now the art now the article here is very ambiguous, Eric, because it mm-hmm. doesn't say when they're gonna go into production. It also doesn't give any details about uh, who is going to which members of the return of the original cast are going to return. And obviously we know Richard Donner is not going to direct it because he directed the first one and he unfortunately passed away a few years ago.
0: Now now it says and um, I I, w- I was reading it here too, is it was apparently he was kind of uh, spearheading this back then and then when yep. he passed past it kind of died out, so this is kind of they're trying to rebirth this thing again, right? And get yeah,
1: going. yeah, exactly. So this was one of a couple of projects that Donner had on the back burner. The other one was the Lethal Weapon Five uh, oh. production, which we can talk about later. Yeah, there will
0: be a fifth Lethal Weapon. Is that film. a Christmas movie or not? You know that that would be a good show. We got to do that in the future. We will. What what, what are will. Christmas movies? Yeah. What? Yeah, we. Yeah. I think we've talked about that in the past. We will. We'll podcast, do another but,
1: Christmas redo or something yeah. like that. But anyway, so I just I just thought that it was really interesting because it mm. got my my mind churning here Eric as much yeah. as I love the original Goonies I like Corey Feldman's thinking on this one yeah I would yeah. like to have a legacy sequel along the lines of a Top Gun Maverick and I really hope it's not a reboot with some of the teeny bopper stars of today like Zac Efron or Zendaya or people
0: like that you know yeah, I, yeah. I want to
1: see the original cast come back well, and, but and, I also want to see a new cast kind of meshed in with them as well
0: yeah it, you know that would be genius and and I think because uh, yeah. you know what what would be fun what would be fun and and yes it it is maybe overplayed would be that if yeah. they took the took the uh tact where it was the kids of the Goonie kid, you know, the original Goonie kids, like their kids find the map, like, yeah, what's this? And then they tell them the story and then they go on their own hunt, but it's a whole totally different thing, but they go to find, you know, the, the lost treasure, you know, the,
1: yeah. um, And you know, the best thing about this too, is that all of the cast members, uh, you know, thank God are all still alive. Are they really? Yeah. Sean Astin is still alive. Martha Plimpton still alive. Well,
0: Sean Astin didn't make it out of stranger things. Let's, that's true. Okay, <laughs> no, Sam, I'm sorry. His character, sorry. sorry, bad joke. Bad sorry, joke. Bob.
1: But yeah. uh, but um, so yeah. So the original cast members are still alive, uh, which is awesome because you could bring them all back. Mm. And some of them have had sustained careers, like Martha Plimpton and Corey Feldman, while others have kind of gone off and done their own thing, like Jeff Cohen, who played Chunk. Is actually an entertainment lawyer. He represents oh, wow. he represents actors and actresses in contract negotiations. Mm. So it would be interesting to see if they could get him back in front back in front of the camera uh, to reprise his role. But I like this because again, the original cast members are all still alive. Steven Spielberg and Chris Columbus, uh, yeah. two of the uh, progenitors of this uh, series, are still alive, so okay. they could come back maybe hopefully. But yeah, I love Corey Feldman's train of thought on this, and Eric, like you just said, I would like to see a story where maybe hey. The Goonies, they've grown up, they're adults, and maybe their kids get involved in an adventure now. And maybe yeah. they're in the situation like in the original movie where they're forced almost to move from their neighborhood, and this time it's their kids trying to save them rather than them trying to save their parents.
0: Mm-hmm. Interesting, interesting yeah. take. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I, I think, you know, the legacy thing is something that, that I think Hollywood is. With Ghostbusters uh, uh, Afterlife, that they totally yep. did right. Yep, I with agree. Uh, Hocus Pocus, they totally screwed that up.
1: <laughs> I mean, yep. you know,
0: the the they have it's Top a gold mine. Mm-hmm. It's a Top Gun Maverick. I mean, knocked yeah. it out of the park, yes, man. That did. was a grand slam. That was um, yeah. b- because here's the deal with, you know. Our generation, we want to see these movies, but we don't want to see the redo's. We don't want to see the Ghostbusters and it had nothing to do with the all female cast. It's just that you don't want to redo a beloved series like that, you know, a a beloved movie. You want to extend, (laughs) you know, you want to build upon it. And with this you would get Like, you know, us, our generation, we want to watch and we, and we've, you know, watched, like I've watched Goonies with my daughter. Mm -hmm. And then if you had a Goonies too, then it's like, hey, you know, let's watch this again. We would go to the theater. Now we'd be in the theater. They'd be making more money, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and they would be pulling families into the theater to watch this movie with their, you know, that generation that originally saw it with Mm -hmm. their kids now to see the new one. I mean, Yeah, it's it's a gold mine and they're missing it, and it ticks me off when they right? don't do it. And I think Corey Feldman is right on track. It yeah. has to be a legacy. Yeah. And they have to extend it. it. doesn't have to be even all the characters. Just pull some in. When we watch Hocus yeah. Pocus, you know, besides the the the, the witches, of course, uh, mm-hmm. the Anderson sisters, yeah. you know, we I, you wanted to see somebody, Max, or, you know, you wanted to see somebody from the original Hocus Pocus come right, in. Right, right, right. You know, and it's like, eh, you know, wah, wah, wah. It's whing, like, whing, yeah. You know, and it really had nothing um, yeah. to do with the story. It Could still be the same story, just pull somebody else in. You know that yeah. just, just to give the fans a little bit of that. You know, uh, yeah, yeah, and you know, payoff. When... I'm sorry, I couldn't think of the word. A little bit of that right. payoff, for right? The, and exactly, for exactly. Fandom,
1: yeah, exactly. And you know, the thing about the, this potential Goonies uh, sequel that's that is in development right now. Although we again, we don't know uh, when it's slated to go into production. We don't know when it's slated to be released. So, folks, there's still a lot of details still to come with this film. But one of the things that I would be lo- I would be expecting for in this movie is is for it to have the same type of charm for both adults and kids like the original one had back in 1985. Yeah. Cuz the original one was a film that adults could relate to but it was also one that you and I could relate to when we were when we were young and we watched sure, it yeah. as kids. And so that's what made it such a, a fun movie and still makes it fun to this day, is that it's one of those films that can relate to everybody, adults, well, and it, kids and you and, know. and to
0: be honest, the film it's it's the nostalgia factor with the film. Oh, because yeah. if you go yeah. back and it really, lets and even though it was a Spielberg, right? If you go back yeah. and you look at that film, it's like it's not the best true. script. It's not the best true film. You true. know, it wasn't shot. I mean, there's a lot that thing has a lot of problems. When you go back and you analyze it, I'm talking about analyzing okay. Okay, okay. But... As far as the nostalgia factor, you yeah. know, if you go, I mean, same with with Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters had a great cast. Now, Ghostbusters yeah. one was a great movie itself. Yes. Two fell. I mean, two wasn't that. I mean, it was pretty bad. Belly flopped. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but but point being is that yes, I mean, you know, Goonies wasn't the best movie, but yeah. it, but it's that nostalgic factor that it has with with our generation. You right. know, so yeah. yeah. So and they can make the movie even better, but yeah, like I said, if they kind of you know, same with Hocus Pocus. Hocus Pocus the original was pretty. It yeah. wasn't great, right? But it's the nostalgia of it. And, and if they play off that, that's the goldmine effect.
1: Well, they And can... you know something else, too? I mentioned that Richard Donner, the director of the first Goonies, uh, passed away a few years ago. It makes me wonder, because Chris Columbus was one of the screenwriters and Steven Spielberg was the producer. Mm-hmm. It makes me wonder if either of those two guys are going to jump in and take over the directorial reins. Because Chris Columbus did a great job with the first mm-hmm. two Harry Potter films. So And, of course, he was a screenwriter for the first one, so maybe, I don't know what, maybe they try and rope him back in as a screenwriter for this uh, proposed sequel. Now, now
0: you said Donner directed the movie?
1: Richard Donner directed The The Goonies.
0: Okay, so Spielberg was just a producer on that one? Steven
1: Spielberg was a producer, and then Chris Columbus, who, of course, directed the first two Harry Potter films. He also did uh, Mr. Doubtfire. He also did Home Alone. Oh, wow, okay. um, Was... The writer? Uh, Was the writer, one of the screenwriters for Goonies. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see who they kind of rope in as director of this one, since especially Spielberg and Columbus both have experience behind the camera, and they're familiar with the source material and the fans who still keep this film alive to this very day.
0: Yeah, and you know, and the other thing too was uh, with with Ghostbusters Afterlife, you know, the, the home run that they hit was because you know, they paid homage to the original. I mean, yep. it, it was great. It, everything, just all the boxes were checked in that thing. Yep. But the other, the other thing too, is that it was just a great movie. The kids were just able to be kids. They didn't have to be all this political woke nonsense. And right. I hope that that with Goonies, yeah. that they would do the same thing. Let the kids be the kids. I mean, right, that, that's, right, that's right. the adventure. That was a part of the Goonies. The original it was just the adventure yep. of it. It didn't, it didn't have to speak to this and preach about that. Yep. Let it just be a good, you know, movie adventure, kids adventure movie. Right. You know? I
1: hear you. I hear you So yeah. Uh, so stay tuned for this one, folks. We may recap it later down the line when we find out more information. But I can definitely tell you that a Goonies 2 is coming. But, again, stay tuned for more. There will definitely be more to share about this later on
0: down the road. Yeah, yeah. That will be interesting. I, I yeah. hope. I really hope they they do this. I that know. Would be, I do, would too. Be, yeah.
1: yeah. I'm geeked about this. I hope they do it as well.
0: Hey, um, I had another story here I wanted to yeah. take a look at. Um, yeah. I was on uh, Screen Rant. Uh, dot com. and and they had yeah. an article here that talked about uh, Troy's mother from the yes. uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation ah yes Troy's mother uh, I can never get her name right Is it Luxwana yeah. Luxwana yeah so it's kind of a tongue twister Luxwana it,
1: it's it's spelled L Troy. it's it's spelled L W X A N A but it's pronounced
0: Lauxana L- 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 yeah. L- L- kind L-
1: of kind of like Lawaksan <laughs> walks
0: off I'm getting worse yeah, as right, I go on it's the getting there's no hope man well, it's getting L-wax,
1: worse I don't I, I don't know why Gene Roddenberry gave her that character's name. There's no history. That is about crazy. a huh? Troy. I guess it sounded how you alien
0: it. or you know exotic, right? Exotic alien. Yeah. Yeah. Exotic alien. Yeah. Well, she. I remember her now from yes. uh, when, when the she next did that generation. Now have, oh well. Okay. So she was. Let's go into the story. So she sure. was played by an actress named. What was her name?
1: Her, so her name is Major Barrett. Uh,
0: Majel Barrett Majel Barrett Roddenberry yeah Yeah, she was
1: Gene Roddenberry's second wife I believe Uh, now she actually goes all the way back Eric to the roots of Star Trek the original the original series the pilot she appeared in the pilot episode, which is which was called "The Cage" with Captain Pike. With Captain Pike, yes, played yeah. by Jeffrey Hunter in that pilot, and Leonard Nimoy was in that as Mr. Spock yeah, as well. True, yeah, yeah. and
0: a crazy, crappy Enterprise. And a it's funny. I went, Enterprise, I went back yeah. and watched that. Tried to watch it with my daughter, and yeah. she's like, "What is it? <laughs> like this Enterprise sucks, you know? <laughs> oh, I love it it I looked love like it. A, it was crazy. Enterprise just, it was it I love just it. like yep. a couple of boxes, you know, with blinking lights and that. that okay, was okay, it was the
1: panel. '60s. The budget was very thin back then. They did so what was they could. Yeah. Yeah. But so, yeah, anyway, she played in the in that pilot, the cage. She portrayed um, the first officer who was simply named as number one. Okay. Mm. now fast forward to when the original series was picked up by Desilu Studios, greenlit by CBS to distribute it. Gene Roddenberry brought her back. As Nurse Christine Chapel in the original series, okay, so yeah. she was in all three seasons of the original series as Nurse Chapel. But she portrayed um, number one, the first officer
0: in the pilot episode, The Cage. Okay, do you know, were they married at that time? Or? They were not married at the okay.
1: time when she did the original series. They got married uh, a few years after the original series uh, was canceled, I believe. Okay. But so then she obviously returned in The Next Generation, not only as the computer voice of the Enterprise. Oh, that's true. That's right. She, she was, was the computer, computer voice, voice of yeah. the Enterprise. Yeah, like, we're sorry, that program is not functional right now. That was her voice. But she appeared in a couple of several episodes of not only The Next Generation as Lwaxana Troy but she was also in some episodes of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Yeah, Deep and Space Nine, that's right. So, uh, and she was not in Voyager no, did, or Enterprise. Did
0: she play the same character in Deep Space Nine? I can't she remember. She did. She played okay. Troy's mother, yeah. Okay.
1: She was always trying it's, to hit on the captains.
0: Well, it's funny because, yeah, she ended up... Well, she ended up... It was security. It was, uh, when I was reading the story, it was that mm-hmm. security officer. I can't remember his name in, in Deep Space Nine that they talk about where they had kind of a Odo. relationship. Odo. Yeah, Odo. 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 Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they kind of built a relationship. Mm-hmm. So she had a relationship And and, and, in The Next Generation in Deep Space Nine, she ended up having Mm -hmm. a kind of relationship uh, with. The the interesting thing about her, what I remember is from uh, why I thought the the, the story. And then she did pass away in 2008, by the way. We'll just mention that. Yeah. Um, Of course, it it was great that she was. uh, I didn't realize she was in it from the beginning until I read the story. Like, I didn't realize she was in the cage. I knew she was in, uh, 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 you know, the original Star Trek series. Right. Um, But what was interesting is when she was in in, uh, The Next Generation, you know, she really played off. I mean, every time she came on, it was a guest spot. She wasn't on all the time. But um, she she was after Captain Picard. Yeah. Uh, the chemistry there was great. Yes. I mean, and, and, and it was just, it was really good. They had a great play off each other. <laughs> yeah. But, but she also played this, I mean, even though she played this kind of flamboyant, flirty character, mm-hmm. there were uh, sides to her where it was it was kind mm-hmm. of this uh, a sadness, too, where she played. I mean, it, it kind of, there, there was also some heaviness to her yeah. character. So, I mean, there was this huge range that she got to play, mm-hmm. and she really brought a lot to that TV show, from what I remember. It's been years since I've seen it, but yeah, I have all seven seasons on disc. I'll let you borrow it. <laughs> if you want to, if I want to check it out, you can well, also stream and, it on Paramount+. Plus. Well, what I remember is when she would come on, I yeah. would, I, that would, it was kind of like I'd perk up because I mean, it, it would really be a good, funny. It would be kind of a lighthearted episode, but then sometimes yeah. they'd kind of trick you and they'd pull you in, and, and yep. it would actually be pretty heavy. But it yeah. was always great to see her uh, in that show. Yeah,
1: you know what she did was she brought a different element to the next generation, which obviously we all know that Star Trek was meant to portray a future that was. Uh, devoid of any racial stereotypes, devoid of any war, famine, poverty, political unrest, but also kind of devoid of any sexual misrepresentation and Dude. sexual exploitation. And her character actually was the opposite of what Gene Roddenberry's message was about because her character was a little sultry. She was driven by sexual desires to some extent mm-hmm. and she kind of brought that romantic gusto to the next generation that wasn't initially supposed to be there yeah so she added that little element but you know Eric I kind of disagree with that article in a way that she was the best guest star on the next generation I know who because... you're gonna say who do you think I'm gonna say then Q Exactly. Yeah, I'm going to yeah, say... Yeah. What, now, Now it's interesting because I think both she and John Delancey, who portrayed Q, appeared in roughly the same number of episodes in The Next Generation, which really? was anywhere between seven to ten. Mm. They weren't in a lot of episodes, but because their appearances were spread out throughout the entire seven seasons, it seemed like they were in a lot more than what they really were. But, I mean, she was still a very good um, role character and guest star because, again, she brought the lighthearted side to Star Trek. And there were several episodes, again, where her and Patrick Stewart's chemistry were just, you know, spot on. Oh, yeah. And so she added that sultry, seductive side to Star Trek that we weren't, Accustomed to seeing, other than Captain Kirk shagging about twenty aliens an episode in the original series. Well,
0: that was well. Picard was a def definitely a different a different captain uh, yes. for for the Enterprise than than uh, Captain Kirk was. I mean, he yep. was he was very straight laced, very by the book. Yes, you know. So that's what that it really. She was great. I mean, she was a great yin to his yang, and you know, yep. she she really would would bring him out and make him uncomfortable. Of yep. course, it's all I mean, it's all acting. But but I mean that that's what kind of kept me engaged in it is because right. of, of when she would do that, you know, and you got to see a side of Picard. It's like, you know, he's so uncomfortable and, and you know, you never saw right? that, right? He was always so seemed like so sure of himself and this and that. And then all of a sudden she pops in and the world is just turned upside down. Well,
1: and then to add on to that, the extra element to that was that she was always a little bit infatuated with Jonathan Frakes' character, Commander William Riker. Really? I don't remember that. Yeah, well, it wasn't, it wasn't, Um, it wasn't visible at first, but you could definitely tell that because. Marina Sirtis's character Deanna Troy, yeah. Lawksana's daughter, had a relationship with Frakes' character Riker. Yes. She there were a couple of episodes where Lawaksana would always kind of like throw not throw I don't want to say throw caution to the wind, but she would sent off all the signals that she would make a hit on Riker like she would mm. you know she would caress his, his shoulders or his upper body and then you could see Deanna Troy just going oh please mother and they would uh. they would communicate telepathically so no one else could hear them and what they were saying but so yeah I mean she was again she was that sultry fun lighthearted part of Star Trek that previously hadn't existed but yeah, she brought in some good chemistry with all the actors there, and so there was an interesting article when I read that. But I, even though I disagree with it, I think Q was the best. That's just my opinion. Lauxana was still a very fun uh, guest guest character uh, in that series.
0: Yeah, and you know, and I'd have to go back and watch. And they also made mention in here that there was an episode where I guess it got that uh, um, it, it got mentioned. I can't remember if if Deanna Troy knew it or not, but she had a yeah. sister that had passed away. Yes. And, and so what's kind of an interesting tie-in is that the sister's name was Kestra... Yes, that's and correct. then and and it was a very heavy episode, mm-hmm. um, you know, because it was dealing with you know all this you know losing losing a daughter, right? So yep, for uh, Luxwana, is that say her name? Luxwana, Luxwana, L- I tried, man, I tried. Anyway, for her, <laughs> you know, it was it was a very heavy yeah. heavy episode. That's where I got to where yeah. like you know she she could play both sides of, of you know the kind of light flirty and then also the, the yeah. heavy drama. Yeah. But also in uh, Picard, it got mentioned that you know Riker and uh, and Diana were. Obviously Obviously, you know, a couple and they had a daughter and they named their daughter Kestra, which was so so, I love this when they do these little tie ins, (laughs) these little Easter eggs in there. Yeah. 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 The writers. I didn't realize that. Yeah.
1: The writers for Star Trek are very creative. They definitely have good memories and especially the ones who haven't been affiliated with the franchise as long as some of the other ones. They know their Star Trek, and they know all the, the ins and the outs and how to connect the story. So, yeah, interesting. Yeah,
0: yeah I love it. Hey, um, also, uh, yeah. you wanted to talk a little bit. You were mentioning uh, the passing of uh, uh, Beloved. Yeah. Uh, voice actor (laughs) voice of someone uh, superhero comic book superhero
1: yeah so for those of you who don't know all of us Batman fans know me too especially that Kevin Conroy passed away this week Uh, he passed away at the age of 66 Kevin Conroy portrayed the voice of Batman in all of the animated series that Batman was in for example one of the the best known ones that we all love is uh, Batman Mask of the Phantasm but Conroy was the voice of Batman in the animated series in the mid to late 90s mm. and voiced him in all the other subsequent animated shows that DC and Warner Brothers made. And uh, So he was the only voice
0: of Batman... <laughs> At, at that at that time that yes. era
1: yeah. yeah yes correct uh, to the best of my knowledge he was okay. yes and uh, in fact in some ways many of us Batman fans I think kind of latched onto him more than we did Michael Keaton and Christian Bale and Ben Affleck in the cinematic really? movies yeah well because yeah because Kevin Conroy had the voice first of all he was just a great voice actor in general he did a lot of other good projects. Mm. But uh, along with Mark Hamill, by the way, Mark Hamill, aka Luke Skywalker, voiced in Batman the animated series as well. He was the Joker, which I just and I so, just found that
0: out. I mean, mm, recently, you know. Yeah, Hamill
1: uh, left him. I a, didn't know that. Hamill left him a wonderful tribute on his Twitter account. Mm. But um, but Kevin Conroy had that really good gravel at sometimes gravelly voice that when you looked at it on the animated series and even if you were reading a comic book, you could just hear Kevin Conroy's voice, and it looked like. But that's how Batman should sound. Not like okay. how he should look, but how he should sound.
0: So his, I mean, the voice, see, I, I never really watched those. Mm-hmm. So I mean, his voice really matched up well. Then, his
1: voice I, matched uh, up really well with the character, the way it was drawn and the way it was portrayed.
0: Yeah. And again, so when you would read a comic, you would be envisioning his voice speaking? Oh you know? yeah. Well,
1: there were, co- okay, I'm going to admit a little secret here. Whenever right. I would read some of my Batman comic books, I would try to sound like Kevin Conroy. <laughs> this there is, is you not go. right, Joker. I'm going to kick your ass. <laughs> you know, that, that, yeah, Kevin Conroy was that influential of a voice actor actor on that wow. character so and then Kevin Smith who uh, directed some of the some of you might know some of his movies like Dogma and Clerks and yeah uh, mall he recently did uh, he recently, uh, He-Man the Masters of the, uh, Universe, Masters of the Universe which will never be uttered on this podcast <laughs> That destroyed my childhood, yeah. along with Transformers. Uh-oh. But at any rate, staying on target here, staying on target. Um, yeah, Kevin Conroy, um, he, he did it so well for so long. And you know, to know that now there's going to have to be another Batman voice in some of the animated shows if they do anymore, it just won't what, be the same without Kevin Conroy. What was the, what
0: was the Smith tie-in?
1: Oh, oh, so Kevin Smith um, also did a tribute to him, and Kevin Smith obviously is a huge pop culture geek comic book fan, and Kevin Smith actually went on, uh, created a little tribute about him, and really broke down crying, saying Mm. that Kevin Conroy was just a a huge influence, and really was one of the prime reasons why Batman has stayed alive for so long in, in pop culture, He kept him alive because of just the popularity that he gained in the animated series. And so, yeah, Kevin Smith uh, broke down crying when he talked about uh, the influence that uh, Kevin Conroy had.
0: Well, I mean, yeah, I didn't see it. I'm sure it was probably a pretty moving tribute. Yeah. But it oh yeah, like, yeah. It seems like Kevin Smith has been crying a lot. Actually, yeah, right. <laughs> I don't know what's going on there with Kevin, but yeah, but that's very nice of him to do that too. Yeah, it's uh, called a failed movie career. That's what it's called. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. <laughs> so uh,
1: C- Kevin Conroy, rest in peace. You will be the one true Dark Knight. My how, how old was he when he passed? 66 years old. Wow, that's so young.
0: Yeah. Did yeah, he have I, any issues? I I, like...
1: I I think his health was declining a little bit. Okay. Uh, I think I think he. Died uh, from cancer related issues, either a mm. pancreas or whatever. But he had lost a lot of weight, and uh, you could just really tell that the age was something, whatever it was that afflicted yeah, him. It, it was really it, aging it, him, and it aged him, and it really caught up with him. So, wow, it's too bad. Kevin Conroy uh, passed away this week, age 66. Kevin, rest in peace, the one true dark night.
0: Wow, wow, yeah. that's that's too bad. Yeah, hey, uh, before we go here, I want to talk real quick yeah. about uh, Andor. Um, yeah, I love Andor, man. I, you know what? I cannot get enough of Andor, it's but good. yeah, yeah. But the, the story, but I wanted to talk about a story that, that yeah. was actually, uh, published sure. here about oh. it and not just my love of it. Um, from the Hollywood reporter, they were, they were, uh, mentioning how, uh, Disney, which kind of shocked me is going, is putting, well, it shocked me and it didn't. They're putting, uh, Andor on ABC
1: Huh, okay. So
0: isn't that interesting? So I thought, wait yeah. a minute, people are paying, now Here, here's, here's the cash folks. So what's going on here is that uh, Andor, they're only going to put the first two episodes on ABC. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's going to be around, uh, actually around Thanksgiving, pretty soon here, November 23rd. Okay. Uh, and then uh, uh, it's going to be on FX mm-hmm. on Thursday the 24th. Okay. And then I don't know uh, Freeform. I've never uh, on Freeform. Have You ever watched watch Freeform? Um,
1: I've seen a couple things on Freeform. It's it's kind of like a a poor man's um, FX. Okay, gotcha, platform. gotcha. Is it
0: like a free one? Like you can get through Roku or get through an app or something? You or? can
1: get it through Roku. I think you have to pay a subscription. Oh, you have to pay. A, okay, yeah.
0: So anyway, they're going to put it on Freeform, and then they're also putting yeah. it on on their Hulu, which that's owned by Disney, Disney anyway. Yeah. Um. And it's going to be on Hulu from the twenty third to the seventh, so you can watch it. But it's only okay. the first two episodes. What I thought was very interesting is is what Disney's doing here. I mean, um, they're obviously trying to to pull pull out all kinds of uh, uh, tricks here to get more yeah. subscriptions. I mean, they've had a bad last quarter. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, it's. I mean, I, I think a lot of people already know mm-hmm. that it's been reported. Disney had a pretty bad last quarter, so I think on this side, the Disney mm-hmm. Plus side, they really have a hard time. They they kind of screwed up with I, – I think ultimately now that I see – I mean I love these series they are putting out. Some of them I do. But I think they're having a hard time uh, keeping subscribers and they're going to have a hard time mm. keeping content there and keeping yep. fresh con- – the money for fresh content – to keep coming so they might have screwed up a little bit it might have been better that they would have had these series and maybe sold them to someone else actually you know ultimately but anyway that's this is what we have now we do have disney plus you're gonna say something i yeah
1: i was just gonna say kind of added on to what you just said about disney having problems and and their quarter losses in three and four bob chapek the ceo of disney recently came out this earlier this week and announced that there's a possibility Disney could be laying off close to 125,000 oh, employees. I and think it was 125,000.
0: And they're putting, well, I heard about, I heard about 100, yeah, uh, but but they're yeah. also putting a freeze on holiday hires, too. Because usually are. this time yep. of year, they would hire. I mean, they're the parks are busy. I mean, they're busy, busy. But And mm-hmm. we're talking, yeah. when we're talking Bob Chapek, we're talking across the whole board. And we're talking all the parks. Spectrum. We're talking, yeah, you know, Imagineering. We're talking everything. Imagineering,
1: the whole, theme parks, yeah. uh, audio, Disney Plus. Because, yeah, Disney all, has. All
0: their content, all their video right. content.
1: But, yeah, getting back into the Andor, I think this, you're right, Eric, I think this is a way for them to kind of save face here and basically make something out of nothing. Just try and recoup anything by putting it on different platforms to see how the ratings will take, Yeah, Uh, which makes me curious. You know, I mean, ABC obviously is owned by Disney as well, so that's not really a way for them to give it new life, but it makes me wonder if this could be a way for them to kind of get into a little bidding war. With uh, some of the other platforms like Freeform and FX that aren't owned by Disney, see yeah. maybe how much money FX will be willing to pay for uh, airing, like say, just the first season of Andor, because we know they're going to come mm-hmm. back and do a second season. Yeah. So, it, yeah, again, this is uh, Disney's way of kind of trying to keep their heads Test above the water. water. Test yeah. the water. Yeah, keep their heads above water and see if they can make something out of nothing.
0: Well, and 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 it is it is a good idea if they can. I'll, I'll tell you right now, and and I. I you know I'll take on all the critics I love Andor I think Andor every episode that comes out I love this show more yep. I love it more and yeah, more it's great. I, are, are you caught up with it I'm caught up with it yeah okay and what and you're, are you are you are about the same mindset or are you or you got problems with it no, I'm at the
1: same mindset in fact I remember on one of our when we first uh previewed this series before it came out on this podcast pardon the intermission um, I originally wasn't, uh, too optimistic about it yeah. because I remember we, uh, we talked about the first two or three episodes cause they only dropped the first two episodes when it was released. And I said, well, it's different. It doesn't feel like star Wars. It feels yeah. it has a different tone. And I thought that wasn't going to sell, but you know what, Eric, I'm going to stand here and say <laughs> I was wrong. The, that it's different and that it doesn't feel like Star Wars is what makes it. it's what makes it good and yeah. the and they're starting to make a, a few more connections to the the extended universe itself yeah. without destroying the meaning and the emotional purpose well, of the series.
0: Well, I, I don't want you know without taking this podcast too much longer. I, yeah. I'll, I'll go yeah. into, I'll go in real quick. You know, I was thinking about this today. You know, I, I think what makes Andor so much better is that because you know, the stakes are so much higher when you see a series like, you know, we kind of know, you know what Boba Fett, we just wanted to kind of watch it. It's kind of, you know, Boba Fett kind of ended up being like, uh, 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 I'll, I'll put it this way, Mandalorian, you know, introduced Boba Fett as as the character coming back, right? Yes, yes, In that correct. series. Kind of yeah. like, so what Boba Fett uh, was to Mandalorian, I would say uh, the, the, the first three Star Wars movies would be to the New Hope, you know, the middle three, right? Yeah. In other words, the only yeah. reason I want to watch the first three is because I want to see how did Darth Vader become Darth Vader? It was yeah. the same way with Boba Fett. I want to see how did Boba Fett, they were going to go into his past. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm turning this into a long thing. But anyway, the point being here, and then the same thing with, with Kenobi, right? Mm-hmm. We know what happens with Kenobi. You know that these characters are there. These characters aren't going to die. I mean, they introduced Princess Leia. You know where Princess Leia goes. Yeah. So what, yeah. my, my whole point is that, <laughs> I don't know if it's making sense to anybody, but my whole point is that basically there's no drama there. You know, you don't know. You do know that, that Cassian Andor, you know what happens to him in Rogue One. <clears throat> right. But all these other characters, the stakes are very high. And yes. you don't know who's going to get taken out, who's not. Yes. The other thing I love about it is you kind of see how the empire is working and you see how, how, really claustrophobic and controlling they were yeah. to everyone and this is why the rebels had to, that's, this, this is what caused it. What caused the rebellion. What yeah. caused the rebellion, you see mm-hmm. that and, and and to me, those couple of things really make me in tune to this and plus like we talked about, it doesn't feel like the Star Wars show, it doesn't have all the you know what I mean, doesn't have the typical mm-hmm. things. I'm watching Kenobi, I know Princess Leia makes it I, I don't know what happens, to. I know Kenobi makes it, I mean, right. there, there's, no, there's no like sense of urgency or sense of life and death right there because right, you know these right. These guys are gonna be okay in the end. Yeah, So I think that's what, to me when I was thinking about it, I think that's what sets this series apart and it's really well done. The writing is spectacular. The mm-hmm. characters, the acting is amazing. I mean, I, I you know when I saw this guy in Rogue One, I was like, okay, the the, the actor that plays uh, uh, Diego Luna, yeah, Diego Luna uh, yeah. that that plays uh, Cassian, Cassian Andor. Andor, I was like, well, you know, I, I don't know, we'll see. And man, he can. I mean, he's got the chops. Everybody That's... in this thing, they got a great cast. They've mm-hmm. got an experienced cast, yeah. and and uh, it, it is an amazing show. Uh, so I see real quick. Just to finish yeah. out, and I'll let you go. No, go ahead. Um, That's fine. Uh, so I see why they. Put this on these other platforms because I think yep. they do see that this show does. Have, even though maybe people are a little burned out, once people get into this show, they see the show has the chops, yeah, and and they do see that they're not going to put She-Hulk on there. They're not going to put, thank God, you, you know, they're not going to put some of these other shows on there to say, come over to Disney. So I right, do see why right. they put this out there to try to get some more subscribers coming to Disney+. Yeah. Plus. Anyway, go ahead. And
1: I was just going to finish by saying of all the Star Wars series that are streaming right now, this one has the most emotional depth to it, the most emotional yes. weight. Uh, you can definitely feel uh, the burden that all these characters are taking. That's what makes it such a
0: well-written series. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it is amazing. Yeah. So, uh, hey, anyway, we're done already? Wow!
1: that went by heck? so quick
0: that <laughs> went by faster than Christmas Eve
1: <laughs> that's
0: it folks hey um we hope you enjoyed the show please uh, remember to leave a review for us because it does help out the show please subscribe if you're not already and
1: yeah don't forget to like us follow us leave us a comment and hey if you want us to talk about something let us know that as well so uh that's all we have time for on this uh edition of part in the intermission
0: all right guys hey take care out there see yep. you next time god bless hey thank you so much for listening Now, I want you to go check out one of the other best podcasts around. It's called the No Focus Radio Hour. It has comedy and insight from the greatest minds in the know. And how do I know? Well, because I'm part of that great show also. So please, go check it out. It's available on all your podcasting apps. The No Focus Radio Hour.